Amen. Good morning on Facebook all around the world. You know, we have people in uh, India, our last service, Bangladesh, and Uganda <laughs> tuning in at our last service. That's, just, that's amazing to me. Every, every week <laughs> that we can reach that with that little phone right there. How cool is that? Amen. So thank you for tuning in today. We had uh, 350 viewers last service. And so pray that watched our service all the way through, from beginning to end. They stuck with that. They stuck with me. Amen. <laughs> Praise God for the faithful. <laughs> and those who endure shall be blessed. Yes. So thank you again for tuning in. We love you guys. And on our podcast at Word of the Ranch. Also, I'm starting a new YouTube channel. And if you have YouTube or can get access to YouTube, I'm going to start posting Tuesday nights on YouTube every Tuesday. And uh, that's at Elisha Mark Ministries as well. That channel's already up and running. So if you'll go there and just push like and subscribe and push the notification button, um, you'll be notified of all the videos that come out each week. So praise God for that. I believe it's another outlet the Lord wants us to use. So thank you, Lord Jesus. The title of this message today is Covenant. And we've been talking on healing for the last couple weeks here. And I just want to tie that into our covenant, that healing and divine health is our covenant right and privilege. And uh, you all know my testimony, I hope by now, for the last two weeks I've been sharing it. But in 2005, I was diagnosed with malabsorption syndrome, anemia, malgrains, Crohn's disease. And I lost a lot of body weight. I went down to 150 pounds. I'm now 227 today. <laughs> Since I started my workout regimen every day, I know now <laughs> how much I weigh. Uh, I'm on day four of working out every morning. So praise God. Believe with me. <laughs> I'm going all the way. It's a new lifestyle. Amen. Praise Jesus forever. <laughs> And you know, if you make time with God, he'll give time back to you. And that's what he's done as I commit my mornings to him now. And it's been a blessed thing. And the Lord healed my body. And that was in 2007. Went to culinary school. The Lord raised me up. My body weight went back up to 220 pounds of muscle. Praise God. God was just showing off. I wasn't trying to get muscle. He just showed me he's God. I'm bigger than you. I'll heal your body. You're in covenant with me. Amen. And he'll heal anybody who has the faith for healing. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So every time you hear the word, faith is built. And you can exercise and reach out on your faith. If you, if you have something that didn't move, you can exercise your faith and move that area in Jesus' precious name. You use your faith as a tool, as a weapon, and it benefits you. Amen. There's more verses on faith than any other subject in the Bible. Jesus taught more on faith than any other subject. So faith is an important tool to grasp and to use for the believer. The Bible says four times, the just shall live by faith. And we are the just and we're living by faith. I don't think there's a lot of Christians that know they're living by their faith. And if you starve yourself on the word, you'll, your faith level will go down, 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 and you won't feel alive. But the cure for that is really easy. It's simple. You just get more word and get more faith and bring your faith level back up and you'll be happy again. Amen. And the people around you will be happy again. Your love level goes up. Your joy level goes up as your faith level rises and rises and rises with the word of God. So say it with me. I'm reaching out with my arm of faith this morning. And I'm going to obtain whatever I need now in Jesus' precious name. Say it with me. I am a violent, forceful taking prophet of the Most High God. And what I say comes to pass. Say, I believe in the power of my words. They come to pass. And I have whatever I say. Amen. Amen. So covenant, I've been studying this morning and a little bit on covenant here. And I hope this comes across well. I just want to go back to the Old Testament, if you will, to Exodus 4. Exodus 4, and just go through our covenant here. Say, I have a healing covenant. Have a healing covenant. Amen. Ooh, 
Jesus. We have a better covenant through Jesus. What a blessing Jesus is. Amen. Do you know Jesus? Have you met Jesus face to face? It takes an encounter with Jesus to stay a Christian for your whole life. Because the world's pulling on you, the devil's pulling on you to leave the faith, to shipwreck yourself, to come steal, kill, and destroy. So you need a personal encounter with Jesus on a daily basis. Can I get an amen? amen. Say, I can talk to him. And I can hear from him. And he speaks clearly when I listen. You'll never be without wisdom. You'll never be without an answer according to the word. James 1.5 says, He who needs wisdom, let him ask of God, and it will be given to him. Amen. You ask and you receive. You need to know anything. You ask the creator of the universe, because guess what? He's got the answer for you. And he will communicate with you if you take time to listen. It's not just enough uh, to pray. You've got to take time to stay and listen to what he has to say back to you. Amen? <laughs> so just wait on God until you have the answer. That's one of my messages to you this morning for somebody. Wait on God until you have your answer. In Jesus' precious name. Lord, what's the plan? What's the agenda here? What do I need to do here? Um, if it's in your finances, he'll usually have you sow a financial seed. So he can bring more into you. If it's for healing, he'll usually have you lay hands on others. Uh, there's, there's proven steps in the Bible that work every time if you'll work them. And scripture to go along with that. So praise God forevermore. He'll give you your, your answer. Whenever I'm in a financial crisis, I know I need to sow a financial seat so that I'll have more. Because little is much with God. Amen? <laughs> praise God. Look what he's done for us. We were heathen. We were sinners. Look how blessed we are now. Amen? He is faithful. And little is much with God. Say, I'm going to be used today. By the Holy One of Israel. Amen, amen. So go with me to Exodus 4.18. And I just want to go through covenant here. Moses 4.18. So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt, and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his sons, and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God, the rod of God in his hand. Hey, we can take the sword of God in our hand. Amen? Amen. The Bible is your sword. And we can take the armor of God and put it on our bodies as well. Moses took the rod of God, represented God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all these, those wonders before Pharaoh, in front of him, which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, Let my son go, that they may serve me. And if you, re if you refuse to let him go, indeed I will kill your son, your firstborn. And get this, verse 24. And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him, Moses, <laughs> and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah, his wife, took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son. See, he wasn't circumcised yet. That signaled, that signaled that he was without covenant. Circumcision was the first sign of covenant we see here in the Bible. Are you all circumcised, all the males here? <laughs> they say, I have a covenant with God on the earth. Well, circumcision was done in the flesh, and that established an earthly covenant. We'll read, we have a, a now sure circumcision of the spirit of the heart that's forever here on earth and in eternity. 
Praise God for the eternal covenant and circumcision of the heart that Jesus brought all of us. But he was uncircumcised, his son still. And um, Zipporah, his wife, took a sharp stone, hey, watch out, <laughs> and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. See, that's blood covenant. Entered into blood covenant. The son was without covenant. He was not circumcised. Now he's entered into blood covenant through circumcision. And Clarissa has done a study on Zipporah and have told, has told me that she was a real rebellious wife. <laughs> and after this verse right here, she took her two sons and left Moses and went to Midian with them right after this. But um, she, was, she wasn't a God-fearer. And she wasn't um, in covenant. So it matters who you marry, amen? <laughs> Always marry up. <laughs> is my advice. Always marry up. Zipporah. There's some funny jokes that could be said right there, but let's keep moving on. Surely you are the husband of blood to me. <laughs> Cut off the foreskin with a stone. Threw it at Moses' feet. You're in blood covenant with God, she was saying. You're in blood covenant with God. And left him. Surely you are a husband of blood to me, so he let him go. Then she said, you are a husband of blood, again, because of the circumcision. And the Lord said to Aaron, so Moses' helpmate left, so here comes Aaron, a new helper for Moses. Then the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him on the mountain of God and kissed him. So Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. I mean, that's a pretty big incident that just happened. The son was almost going to get killed. Zipporah cut off his foreskin and uh, there was bloodshed, covenant cut. And then the Bible just goes on to say, and Moses was in the wilderness. Just goes right through. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then he did the signs. Hey, if you don't have a helper, God will give you a helper. Amen. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, that he had looked on their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. God will always send you a man. Amen? God will always send someone in time of need to help you out. Amen? Yes. He always uses men. Why? Because he wants men to get blessed. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? He can get you a, a, a gold talent out of a fish's mouth to pay your taxes, but he'll probably use a man instead so that man can get blessed. Why? Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. I wonder what the fish's harvest was. <laughs> Paradise under the sea? More gold? You know? So praise God. He, he prefers to use men all the time. Say all the time. Amen. And we're moving along here to 1 Samuel, if you will. Sorry. Um, did I miss that one? I had one other scripture that I was supposed to go to first. Back up to Abraham with me. Sorry, that was the second covenant we see, the circumcision. The first one here is in Genesis 17, if you'll back up there. Missed this one, sorry. Genesis 17 is the covenant cut with Abraham. And we'll just go to Genesis 17 one. So this was the first covenant, the first um, circumcision. 
17.1 was with Abraham. When Abram was 99 years old, see, it's never too late to get with God. Amen? It's never too late to get back with God. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant. Say covenant. Covenant between me and you, and you will multiply exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, God with him. For I have made you a father of many nations. God did this. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger in the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Zipporah had to do a lot of talking to Moses for him not to circumcise his son. You know what I mean? She was a rebellious wife against God, really. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. So this is when circumcision is instituted with Abraham. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. It's an outward symbol of an inward sign. An outward symbol of an inward covenant. And who is eight days? Eight days they're supposed to get circumcised. What was his son there? Twelve years old, I think, on the road before he took him to Midian? He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house or brought with money, bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant shall be circumcised. He who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. This is an earthly covenant. There's no flesh in heaven, right? God is a spirit. This is a earthly, fleshly covenant while you're on the earth. Amen? Who is born in your house must be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. Just like Moses' son's word right there. And he, he, he has broken my covenant. We see Moses' sons were at work with covenant. That's why they almost died. <laughs> Praise God for his covenant. Skip with me to verse 23. So Abraham took Ishmael his son and all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day. He's quick to obey. Amen. Our father Abraham was very quick to obey, we see. As God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he circumcised when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, 99. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised. Again, this is the first institution of circumcision. He was already past eight days old, right? Uh, Ishmael was. Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised. Get that, Ishmael. He was Hagar's son, right? Yes. Conceived in sin? 
And here we see God make covenant with him too. He was circumcised. He's in covenant. That's why we see um, Ishmael's descendants still prosperous today. Right? We see uh, people of the Islam sect still prosperous. Uh, covenant. And Ishmael, his son, on the earth. And Ishmael's son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael and all the men of his house born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him. We see circumcision as the sign of the covenant, the old covenant, amen, on the earth. And now let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I'm just going to read the story of David and Goliath, if that's okay. Say covenant with me. Covenant, covenant. Say, I'm in covenant. I'm in covenant. Praise God forever. Say, I was grafted in. Grafted in. I have an earthly covenant. I have an earthly covenant. And a heavenly. And a heavenly. Through Jesus. Through Jesus. Amen. Amen. 1 Samuel 17. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle. Say it with me, I'm more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Through him who loves me. Loves I'm with covenant, I'm with covenant. and he'll never leave me or forsake me. We have to know how powerful blood covenants are to God. Because they really are. David knew this. He knew the power of his covenant. Knowing the power of your covenant will see you through any circumstance, test, trial, or affliction you may ever go through. God is bigger than them all and he's in covenant with you. David and Goliath. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Azekah in Ephesus. Damn him. <laughs> Shut up. Dang it. And Saul and the men of... Well, I really messed that up. Damn him. And Saul and the men of Israel <laughs> were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. One had covenant, one didn't. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. A friend of mine was standing on a platform the other day at church, and I was like, well, that's about the size of Goliath. He's about a foot and a half over me, eight, at least eight feet tall. Nine to ten feet is what scholars say Goliath was. 9 to 10 feet tall, whose height was 6 cubits and a span. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron uh, spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield-bearer went before him. <laughs> he was a warrior, a warrior without covenant. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. He overlooked their God and looked at Saul instead. That was his mistake. Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Sounds like Satan's uh, plot against Jesus on the cross, doesn't it? And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David, 
There's always a man. God always will use a man. Now David. Say, now David. Say, but God. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. He's one of eight. And the man was old. What was it? Circumcision the eighth day, right? Another eight right there. And the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him Aminadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. And the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Amen. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. Then Jesus, uh, Jesse, said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ifop of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand. See, I believe in cheese baskets because of this verse. <laughs> to the captain of their... <laughs> need a good gift? Give someone a cheese basket. <laughs> to the captain of their thousand. And see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Verse 20, I love this verse. You study all the prophets of the Bible, you'll find one common thread. They all rose early in the morning. They all rose early in the morning to be with God. They put God first. Verse 20 says, So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight, to the fight, and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in a battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him the king will enrich with great riches. We'll give him his daughter and give him his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Hey, what a deal. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's it right there. That's it right there. David was circumcised and he knew his covenant. That's what's going to see you through. That's what's going to slay your giant, your covenant with Almighty God. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine without covenant with God? That he should divide the armies of the living God. Not just an earthly army, but heaven's armies. The Lord of Seboeth was with him. And he's with us as well. And verse 27, And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. And Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, jealous. And he said, Why did you come down here? You know, those who habitually live in fear are sometimes jealous of those who habitually live in faith. So why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? 
Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. This is the same Saul that tried to kill David. <laughs> David was loyal to the end. He, he admonished and admired his position and still respected his position as a king and never spoke an ill word against Saul the entire days of his life. That's huge for us. Because it says, He who shall see good days shall refrain his lips from guile. Never speaking an ill word against anyone is huge to stay out of sickness and disease, to stay healthy, and to prolong your life. The ones who judge most are usually sick most. So stop it. <laughs> no guile was found in his lips. He never spoke against Saul, even after he tried killing him. Not one word against him. Amazing to me. And he said, your servant will fight with the, the Philistine. Let no man's heart fail with him. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. David spoke against him. David never spoke one word of guile against him. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when the lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. He already saw the power of the Holy Ghost. He already saw his covenant in action behind the scenes. It's what you do privately that prepares you publicly. It's what you do in private that will prepare you for your public work and display of God's mighty power. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it with his bare hands. Caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. That's the power of God. That's covenant power. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, again, putting God in remembrance, putting Saul in remembrance, the people and himself, that this man is without covenant. God's got my back. He doesn't have his. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Amen. Verse 37, Moreover, David said, The Lord... The Lord, who has delivered who delivered me from the paw of the lion. See, God he gave God credit, didn't he? Who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. That's one. Said it out said it once. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Exclamation point. He convinced the king even. A youth convinced the king. Go and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. He hasn't had any experience with his armor. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them or used them before. So David took them off. Verse 40, then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went with him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. 
or mocked him or ridiculed him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. <laughs> if you're in covenant, you're good looking. Amen. In God's eyes, you're good looking. Say, I look real good. Amen. Goliath was hideous and ugly. He was an oaf, a giant. David, this little youth, was good looking. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Covenant pays. Amen. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Remember what Jesus said to that Samaritan woman? It's not meat for me to give the children's bread to the dogs, those without covenant. Say the kingdom's mine. I want it now. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? Well, yeah. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David knew it was his God who created those animals. He already slayed two of them by the same God that created them. Then David said to the Philistine, said, spoke to his giant, spoke to him. Then David said to him, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. <laughs> but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That's heaven's armies. The Lord of Seboeth. The Lord of heaven's armies. And the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, so he's speaking again here. We saw it once, twice, this is the third one. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. You have to speak it before you see the victory. That's the principle we get from this story. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you. He had to say it. He had to speak it to see the victory. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. <laughs> We're going to take the White House back. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Dun, dun, dun. To do whatever they want with them. To shred them to pieces and feed them to the birds of the air. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Ran toward him. Ran toward the battle. Did not hide like the rest of Israel in fear. Ran toward his giant with the word of the living God and his covenant. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. All you need is one word. He gathered five words, but he only needed one to take down a giant. And he slung it. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I'm healed. By his stripes I was healed. Through his poverty I was made rich. My God meets all my needs according to his power, his glory in Christ Jesus. All you need is one verse sometimes to take down a giant. And he slung it and he struck the Philistine right in his forehead, right where he thinks, right between his eyes, so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Boom. It's a big thud, nine to ten feet tall in all that armor. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and with a covenant and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him 
and cut off his head with it. It's not just enough for the devil to be down. you got to chop off his head. Continue the victory. Keep him under your feet until you tread upon him, like the Bible says you should. Tread upon sickness and disease. Tread upon lack. Tread upon poverty. Tread upon your adverse circumstances until it's dead, dead, dead and can't get up again. And he cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah rose and shouted and pursued the Philistines. All it takes is one leader to ignite an army. Amen. All it takes is one victory sometimes to raise up the people of God and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Sharem, Shakira, whatever that is, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. Wealth and riches were found in their house. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I do not even know. So the king said, Inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him. Glory to God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for heritage. Thank you for fathers. Thank you for spiritual mothers and fathers. Thank you, Lord, for generations leading the way. If you're without mother and without father, get in church. Get under a pastor. They'll train you in the ways of the Lord. They'll feed you. They'll nourish you. Come to church. Don't stay outside. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you for heritage. Thank you, Lord. If you're a man, say, I have a father's heart. If you're a woman, say, I have a mother's heart. Bring him on in, Lord. Hear him up. And Abner says, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, inquire whose son this is, whose this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine still in his hand. (laughs) My trophy. The enemy's dead. Jesus crushed him. Amen. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Praise God forevermore. With the head of the Philistine still in his hand. And Saul said to, David, said to him, Whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. So his dad got honored, he got honored, praise God forevermore. He got his daughter, no taxes. Got all he promised him, amen? And then became king of Israel. Praise Jesus forevermore. Skip with me to the New Testament real fast in Romans 2.25. Romans 2.25. Say, I have a better covenant than David did. Hmm. What can't you do? What can't you take down that's in your way? I have a better covenant than David did. Say, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. He's already conquered it. That's what more than a conqueror means. means he already conquered it. More than a conqueror through him who loved us. And the circumcision right here, according to Paul the Apostle in Romans 2.25, says, For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law, but if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, 
Will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? Verse 27. And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? It's good to have righteous judgment. Amen? It's good to know good from evil. Amen? It's good to know those who are against God and those who are for God. Amen? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. Say, I'm a spirit, and I have an eternal covenant. Circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Inward covenant, an inward circumcision. Say, my spirit was circumcised. I'm one with Christ. He's one with me. We dwell together in victory. The victory he has is mine. What he did to the enemy is mine. I'm living in victory, not defeat. Because of he who lives in me. In Acts 1.1, I love this verse. By the, um, the disciple Luke wrote the book of Acts. Says the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Guess what? Jesus was Jesus inwardly, before he became Jesus outwardly. Of all that began Jesus began both to do, then to teach. To do, then to teach. Circumcision is of the heart, it's an inward thing. It's not outward in, we're inward out. Christians, amen. It starts with the circumcision of the heart. Say, I'm in blood covenant with Jesus. <laughs> There's nothing I can't do. Say, not by power, not by my might, but by your spirit, O God. I will trample down the enemies of the kingdom of heaven that stand in my way from living in victory, abundance, health, wealth. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We're the army of Christ. We have the armor of God on. Satan doesn't see you, he sees God. Said Satan doesn't see you, he sees God. It's time to know who you are and use your authority on a daily basis to defeat your enemies completely. Say sickness get. Just put a hand on your chest right here. Say, lungs, I speak to you. In the name of Jesus, I have clear, healthy lungs. Pink, new lungs that operate and function perfectly. I'm living in my covenant. And I act on my covenant rights and benefits. I have a benefit package. And it's health and healing to all my flesh. And it's prosperity to all my storehouses. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by the word of the living God in which I believe, in which I stand. And God gives me the victory every time. Say, I speak his word as with a smooth, sharp stone that plunges into my enemy. And I win every time. Though I fall, I shall arise. And if I'm still standing, I'm winning. Say, I'm on the winning side, not the losing side. I refuse to retreat. I refuse to look back. 
I refuse to stay defeated. I will get up. I will arise and shine for Christ as never before. In Jesus' name. Let's give him a hand clap. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your covenant of healing. We thank you we're in blood covenant with divine health, with the healer himself. We thank you, Lord, we're in blood covenant with the wealthy one himself, King Jesus, a joint heir with him. And our Father in heaven loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that all the benefits Jesus is currently sitting in and operating in, we are entitled to on the earth, just as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for striking covenant with us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. It is written in blood for all eternity. And we give you all the praises. In Jesus' precious name. We just decree over you that blind eyes be opened. That health be restored. Wisdom come now. Memory quicken. Brain function quicken. In Jesus' precious name. Thought patterns quicken. Say, I have a sound mind. And I gird up the loins of my mind with the word of the living God. Say, I think upon the word, and it's life, health, and medicine to all my flesh. In Jesus' name. Woohoo! Glory to God. Well, we're doing victory. Praise Jesus. Did you get something from this? Live in victory. Amen. Go in victory and go with the word of God. Let's just pray and wrap it up one more time. Father, we thank you. Where two or three are gathered, you're right here. You hasten your word to perform it, and you perform your word with signs following the preaching of it. So touch everybody here. Put them in remembrance of the covenant therein. All the days of their life, especially this week after hearing it. And say, we bind you right now for trying to steal the word that comes immediately after they hear. We bind you now in Jesus' precious name. I decree over them, you shall not steal the word of the living God from their hearts. Holy Spirit, push it down deep, deep into their heart that they may know their blood covenant like never before, that they were with, they are with, never without help in time of need. Thank you, Jesus. You supply all our needs according to your riches and glory in yourself. Hallelujah. Say, I'm seated in Jesus, the reigning king forever. Amen. We love you guys, and thanks for coming on Saturday morning. We love you. If you'd like to sow into our offering, you can at ElishaMarkMinistries.com, and there's a place to give an offering there. And we just thank you for supporting us and supporting the word that's going forth here. Again, remember just to like our YouTube channel, it's at Elisha Mark Ministries as well. And we're going to start posting on there as well. Thank you, Arthur, for playing this morning. It was beautiful. Thank you, Clarissa, for singing. Thank you, parents, for this beautiful setting and setup. <laughs> so all the heat lamps and everything. And uh, my sister just arrived with little Nehemiah. Praise God. Nehemiah. And we just pray over her husband, Tommy, who's in Texas at a convention right now, just getting soaked in the Holy Ghost and in God right now. So we just pray over Tommy. Father, we bless him. We bless his coming in and his going out. We bless his return. Thank you, Lord, for moving big, big, big in his life right now. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you for doing it. We bless you guys. And we can just keep it running. I think Mary wants to... I asked Mary if she could give the testimony. Tommy texted me the other day as he was leaving town and just texted me a praise report and a testimony that I thought was good to share. Are you okay sharing that? Yeah, of course.
right, cool. <laughs> amen, amen. It's just, uh, just a sign of God's provision and how God works, and He is faithful. Amen. Without further ado, my sister Mary. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Eli. Hi, guys. Hi. Well, um, I'm going to share a little bit on just recent events and the prosperity and goodness of God when you're in covenant with Him and in line with His will, you know? So, um, my husband works with special needs kids. He's a behavior specialist with them. And so, little by little, God has favored him and blessed him since we got married with a job and then another job and um, now he works two part-time jobs in that field and then he got a raise last year and so we just saw God increasing us and um, you know expanding our territory we have a healthy son so that's a blessing uh, but the Lord you know when you're in covenant with God and you're a tither and a giver he wants you to live like a generous, open lifestyle to where you have all your needs met, but then you also have enough to bless others with, especially those in the body of Christ who are working the spiritual laws of God already and, and are already givers, right? So oftentimes the Lord puts Eli and Clarissa on our heart to bless. <laughs> and just, I mean, I, if I could, I would just, like, just give to them all the time. Um, so that's something that this we're money listening. <laughs> this isn't a money message, but like just gifts, like even cooking for them. I'm like, I'm always, I always feel like God's showing, bless them. I think that's because they're already uh, blessing others. They're already doing God's work. But anyway, so the other month, Tommy just was like, Clarissa mentioned that she really wants a MacBook, and um, I said, okay, I didn't know that. And he's like, let's bless them with a MacBook. <laughs> I think it's about a thousand dollars. And so, or 800 or so, and you know, that's money that we could use toward rent and other things. And but instantly, in my spirit, I didn't argue with it. I said, Yeah, okay, we can do that. You know, we have some savings aside, and so we he just bought it. We, you know, when the Lord says do something with money, it's better to do it in faith sooner than later, or else you might really doubt yourself and get afraid. So, we did it, and as soon as we bought it and it was coming to the house and we hadn't told them yet Tommy got a call from a job he had been applying for and they were interested in him and it paid you know maybe five dollars more an hour or something but it was a good raise for him and so we just felt like God was giving right back to us almost instantly because we released our faith and gave to them something that they wanted and needed you know so that's a testimony and then um we just we were talking about having another baby. Our son's a year and a half, and we just said, "Well, let's try." And now we're pregnant. <laughs> but I just, you know, God is so good to us. We walk in divine health. I don't know the last time I've been to a doctor, except for when I gave birth and had midwives, you know. But we just walk in divine health, even through this whole COVID thing. And Tommy and and. Um, we walk in divine prosperity and we're not you know i guess quote unquote rich but we feel rich and we we're we see ourselves as prosperous now and so um yeah that's the testimony <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. thank you yeah amen and our laptop is on the way to bangladesh right now to bless the missionary out there jewel 
So he should be getting his laptop from us soon as well. Yeah, it's good to be able to give. Uh, my point in that is just follow the Holy Spirit and you're giving and you'll live rich. Yeah. It's really all it is. It's so simple. When the Holy Spirit says to sow somewhere, do it immediately because your harvest is on the other side of your obedience. Amen, amen. He's, he wants to give you the kingdom and it takes obedience to get that into your possession. So praise God forevermore. We just pray over this offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for hearts that are pure, hearts that give. We thank you, Lord, for making this ministry good soil. Thank you for doing that, that the sower becomes the soil. Thank you, Lord, for all the people you've had us sown into over these years, all the partners in ministry who are faithful and good ground as well, that we're a tithing ministry, 10% of all that comes into this ministry goes out into world evangelism and missionary work, orphanages, people who are doing the work of God, who are proven. So you should reap those benefits as well, and you should know that. So thank you, Father, for that. We give you praises. But seed time and harvest is catching up to each other. And that uh, we are seeing harvest fast, 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 even with the intention in our hearts to sow, we see the harvest immediately. So time has accelerated, and we thank you, Lord, for more to give, more to bless others with, more to be a blessing on earth with to a dying, lost generation. Thank you, Lord, for using us as kingdom citizens here on earth. We give you all the praises for it. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. We love you guys. See you on uh, YouTube, hopefully on Tuesday, on Facebook on Thursday night, and back here Saturday morning. Love you. Be blessed.